I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello and welcome to the Parenting Tools Podcast. My name is Jason. And my name is Jordan. This is the podcast where myself and Jason talk about the ups, downs, the lefts and rights of being parents. Specifically dads. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I'm not both parents. Uh, one question that I have, uh, not necessarily for you, John, for our listeners straight diving, off the bat. Diving in. How many debates have you been in, if any, about whether or not it's weird or too much to post a picture of your kid going to school for the first time? It's a rite of passage, isn't it? It's right. I've seen a few people angry. About it? Yeah. Not, Why? Not, not on the books of face, not on the Facebooks or the Instagrams. On the uh, on the forums. Oh, I read it again. On the Reddits, you need to get off. Oh, Reddit. they loathe it. It's an angry place, is Reddit. It is an angry place. Sometimes there's a bit of space for anger. <laughs> Probably not here. <laughs> so uh, I am guilty. Guilty. Guilty as charged. Yeah. So Lucas first. Yep. My school. My son started school uh, last week, Thursday, and it was great. Amazing. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how he would be. He was really excited to go to school. Um, he was really looking forward to it. And the morning came and he was just like, can I get to school now? He woke, <laughs> up, he woke up really early, just really excited for school. Oh, amazing. Um, and he went in no problem. Didn't turn, He was the first one in. They were like, nice. right, we're going now. He just waltzed on in with his mate. Um, but no, it was a really positive experience. But I did post a picture of him. No, it's got to be done. Yeah, it's got to be done. I blurred out his badge. <laughs> so people don't know where he goes to school, all that kind of sensible. stuff. You've got yeah. to do it. Yeah, sensible. You've got to do it. But uh, yeah, it was great. Really positive experience. So, so log- logistically, like, do they go to school for a full day? Oh. Like, but, I'm, I'm, a no- I'm a novice. Know nothing about this. So I've got a bit of a beef with this. Oh, oh really? Is this- yeah. <laughs> so a lot of schools, so my son's school didn't do this, so... It didn't, bo- like, it didn't affect us. So I don't know why it bothers me so much. <laughs> but one of my colleagues, her son did two hours a day yeah. for four days. She's got a job. 
<laughs> and her husband's got a job. Yeah. So how how does that work? She so like taking time off, trying to balance everything. Um, then I was speaking to uh, another friend at a kid's party, classic. Yeah. And uh, she said, oh, what's your son doing for his first day? I said, oh, it's pretty much a full day. Uh, nine, quarter past nine till three. And she went, my son's in for 15 minutes. What? So I said, are you taking a day off work for that? She was like, well, I'm going to have to take some time off to take him into school for 15 minutes. 15, that's, that's got to be an exaggeration. 15 minutes. That's a joke. So we, we did, um, my daughter's recently gone to a new preschool. Yep. How's that going? We'll get into that. Oh gosh. <laughs> but, um, we had settling in visits. And they weren't, they were like a good few hours, but that was inconvenient. Like we had to go in, like my wife was working from the car mm. for like two hours and then picking her up. But that's preschool. Like yeah. she's only there for half a day anyway. 15 minutes for going to school. Yeah. How silly. I can, I could probably understand if you've got like really sensitive kids, but that shouldn't be a rule for everyone. Mm. Like, especially if your kids used to go into like nursery, like five days a week. Yeah. No, just a bit of an odd one. So I, I just wondered how people were managing... I wonder how many, people, how many people are going from school and then dropping them back at nursery for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we'd got rid of you. <laughs> but, uh, but we put this question out there and someone put um, responded to us. Mummy Cole put, when you say first day, do we mean the first full day? Because that's not till October for my youngest. Wow. So there's staggered starts and then there's okay. staggered starts. Yeah. October. That's a while off. <laughs> And I, I can, again, I can understand if it's more than 15 minutes, like mm. if it's for a child that's, again, not used to doing all of that sort of stuff and it's a bit more difficult, but as a blanket rule, that just seems very odd. I'd get it morning, afternoon. Yeah. Still a bit of a pain work-wise and balancing everything. But yeah, 15 minutes, two hours. Two hours for four days as well. That's longer than the drive there. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's really close. And we had another response, unless the drive is shorter. Um, we had another response from Harriet who said, also much better than I anticipated, except for the volume of PTA emails already. What's PTA? I want to say Parent Teacher Association. I thought that was the animal thing, PTA. <laughs> School's great, apart from all these pandas they want us to save. <laughs> Call the PTA. <laughs> Welcome to school. Here's some bamboo. <laughs> Recycle on your way out. Parent teacher association is your guess. I, I think so. PTA. That's what I'm going for. Ooh, Should I Google it? Yeah. I'm intrigued. What else could it be? Parent teachers anonymous. <laughs> Sorry, Harriet. We've just outed you there. <laughs> PTA. Parent teacher association. Oh, fair play. Yeah. I thought. I genuinely thought either that was the the animal thing or that's an American thing. I didn't realise. We had those in the UK. Yeah, well, neither did I, but apparently so. Unless Harry's not from the UK. One thing that I've avoided yeah. is the parents' WhatsApp. Oh, is that a thing? Is that a thing. My wife is in the parents' WhatsApp, which she has found brilliant. Like, t talking to all the other parents about kind of... Because we had really hot days of weather. Yeah. So it's like, what are you putting them in? Because it's really hot. Like, we've we've bought trousers and jumpers because we've had a rubbish summer. Yeah. The day before school came, we had oh, really hot weather. It. Yeah, so I look like a bad dad walking around Asda at nine o'clock the day before he starts school, <laughs> looking for a pair of shorts. I love going around the shop at night, and they didn't have any. <laughs> Loads of skirts. So I thought, get a sewn kit out. Yeah, get a, get a skirt, and a safety kelt. pin, a kelt, <laughs> a kelt. 
<laughs> you said that with the accent, but without the accent. Get a kilt. It's a kilt, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, school, school, first day, really positive. To the point where, this is how positive the first day of school was for us. Mm. I was looking at all the other dads thinking, I'll beat you on sports day. <laughs> In the dad's race. In the dad's race. That's, what I, that's how comfortable I was with him starting school. He was loving life so much. I was thinking, that's what you were concerned about. I was just, on, I'm not even joking. There was this one dad with uh, running trainers on. And I thought, oh, could cause problems. <laughs> but he, he could be a distance runner. You never know. He could just be yeah. a, f- a, fa- a false, a fake. He, yeah, he could be a poser. Yeah, poser. <laughs> that's, that's what I was looking for. No, was he searching. could be built for endurance, not speed. Much like running trainers. Yeah, much just like an ASIC. <laughs> <laughs> so my daughter's uh, gone to a new preschool. We've moved house, but um, the preschool, is it nursery, is it called? Preschool? Yeah, it's the pre- same pre- thing. Yeah, it's it's a nursery. Yeah. Um, basically, we were changing anyway. Um, and the one that we've got, that we changed it to is like, off, like an Ofsted outstanding or something. That's the reason why we changed it. Um, but it's still further away from our house. It's close to the old house, basically. <laughs> but it's better. She loves it. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. The, the problem is, is that any sort of change can throw off a child. We moved house. Loads have happened. Um, loads of change was going on. And we changed nursery at the same time, which probably isn't recommended. Mm. So she's like recessed a little bit to like full on crying and tears. And um, it was it was difficult the first two weeks. <clears throat> Lots of tears. Lots of like, um, just no, 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 no. <laughs> when we got there, we were stood outside the nursery, and uh, when I was looking around at all the other parents, um, the first lot that went in, all the kids were just waltzing in, and I was like, oh no, like, what have we done to upbring this child where she just cannot leave us? Mm. Two minutes later, all the parents and the kids were screaming, and I felt so much better about myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> I'm not the only one. Yeah. But she, she loves it. Every time I pick her up, she's only been there for three weeks now. Every time I pick her up, she goes, I love my new preschool. Um, and it's like, oh, it's great. She just wants to be and have a tantrum. Um, and obviously she finds it difficult, like leaving home and all, all the change that's gone on. It's settling down, but it's like, we haven't trying to get it down to a fine art of how we leave the house. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I feel, there's a part of me that feels like slightly guilty like when she's, sad but then also the, the side of you, you gotta tough it up like this is life yeah. <laughs> which sounds brutal for a child this is life grow up um but it's just it's fine it's, it's one fine. of those it's one of those isn't it where if you like pander to it and you're like actually yeah let's not go yeah. she'll never do it oh yeah 100 percent. so it's not like a toughen up situation it's just a, like she's got to learn and we've got to ride it out for a little bit uh, yeah the reality is it's she has a good time when she's there yeah she just prefers being at home and who doesn't? It's <laughs> a <laughs> good point. <laughs> We're going to work. Do you remember when you'd be at school, like chilling on one of the chairs with your feet up and the teacher would go, do you sit like that at home? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't sit on all like facing forward, like with all the legs on the floor. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do lounge at home. <laughs> Tell you what else happened this week. Speaking of firsts, first day of school. First day of football training. For you? Yeah, not for you. <laughs> Should have been. I need I need some work. No, my son started football training this week. Really? Yeah, and we've always said we wouldn't like force him into 
to doing anything. Yeah. But in the summer, he said, can I go to football? And straight away, I was like, yes. Nice. Yes, you can. So uh, he's joined a little football team on Saturday. And it was so hot on the day. He walks up to me about half an hour into the hour. And he went, can we go now? <laughs> and he was just there sweating. <laughs> His face was so red. I was thinking, is he sunburned or is he just hot? And then all the other kids came over and they're like, all such red faced <laughs> on them. But it was really good. It was really good to see him enjoying himself. What, do, what does football training look like for a four-year-old? Excuse my coughing, everyone. Got a bit of man flu on the go. Um, so they started off with a game of what's the time, Mr. Wolf? That's not football. It's not football, but it's, it's a good game. It's, yeah, it's a good game. Can't fault it. Um, and I tell you what was really interesting, watching him football train, is that I've never seen him at school or at nursery. Ah, uh, True. So I've never really seen him follow instructions <laughs> without a count of was one. Was it a shock? Two. Oh, he could do it. Yeah, I was just so proud of him listening. Oh. And um, there was one little moment, and it's one of those ones where like anyone that's not a parent just thinks, oh, mate, get a grip. But they said, take your ball and, and stand on the line. All these lads like kicked their ball, but he like picked it up and took it over. I was like, he's really <laughs> listened there. And I was so proud of him. And he was like, can we go? <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. Uh, we've, we've Noah's actually been booked into a first football training as well. Oh, there you go on Thursday. Oh, lovely. But expectations are slightly adjusted. It's a like an eighteen month to f- four year old thing. Yeah. So football yeah. loosely. Yeah. Just there'll, there'll be footballs there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was he was good, and they like played what's the time, Mister Wolf. Then they brought a ball in, and they played what's the time, Mister Wolf, with a ball. And that's how they introduced dribbling. Oh, okay. So you kind of go yeah, one, yeah. two, three, four, take four touches. Does, does he have like a full kit? Yeah, he's got a full Liverpool kit. Oh, so yeah, it was lovely. That's really cute. But he's so little. Because <laughs> he's the youngest anyway Yeah. in the year. He's an August baby, but he's small for his age. So there's just like this height dip. Yeah. And he's he's so little. But one of the um, one of the lads started fighting. And he just like walked up to me and went, we do not do fighting at football. <laughs> We do tackling and shooting. <laughs> That's so good. I was thinking, mate, if he sits on you, you're done for. <laughs> Just assert your authority. But again, really proud moment seeing him stand up to. Oh, that's to amazing. This lad and you bought, did you get him football boots? Yeah. How small are like little little football boots? They must be really cute. This is one of these things where my pride got in the way a little bit. Did it? <laughs> so, <laughs> did so, they have to have decent football boots? So, like, Nike and Adidas and Puma, like, all the big brands, yeah. they start at a size 10. He's a size 8. Oh, really? Yeah. So, we're in Sports Direct, other shops are available. And I said to the guy, where's all the, like, toddler ones? He goes, oh, it's only home brand that go under 10. I was like, he's going to get bullied. <laughs> By you? I was just thinking, like, I was thinking back to school days. <laughs> yeah. Where, like, somebody would call you, like, I don't know, povo shoe. <laughs> Did that ever happen? No. That's... <laughs> For Reeboks. <laughs> but like, no, it was, it was... Cap, wasn't it? It was... It was there was this, like, cheap brand. It was Two Stripe. It was Two Stripes instead of Three for Adidas. Yeah. And everyone called it Tesco Two Stripe. <laughs> and this lad at school, people called him Tesco Two Stripe. So I'm thinking, I don't... I want <sighs> a proper... Rough, isn't it? Anyway, it took him to, um, to Decathlon and uh, he picked out some red some red boots that he likes and he was buzzing with it he didn't take them off for like four days oh, just really walking cute. around with these football boots on wearing them in wearing them in yeah important for blisters yeah mate then he started school two days before and got blisters from his school shoes <laughs> <laughs> oh I've waffled 
That's, that felt nice. That's a good waffle. Felt nice talking about my we've boy. Got, we've got a guest on, Jordan. Mate, speaking of built for endurance, not sprint. I <laughs> wonder if Andy likes an ASIC. So our guest on today's podcast is running a marathon at some point. Half marathon. Ah, half marathon. Can't get the people these days. <laughs> welcome to the pod, Andy Southey. So welcome to the Parenting Tools pod, Andy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for Andy having me. Sal- no, it's Southey. It's really important. <laughs> that's, that's an injury from just the, for the listeners. From the offset, that it's spout Southey, said Southey. Yeah, so it's, we just need to get that right. Is, this, is a, this is probably not interesting to anyone. Is there any reason for that? Well, going back years ago, my dad and his sister actually made a decision that they were going to change the pronunciation of the surname because um, it, it was Southey. But they just decided one day that they were, yeah, they were just going to change it. And so when they introduced themselves, they said, it's it's Southey. And from then on, it has been. That's awesome. I don't fully know the reason. I know one of the reasons was that m- mouthy Southey. Oh. Uh, Do you know what I mean? When the bullying kicks in and looking at me and the way that I talk, I would have been hit with that one big time. So I'm actually really <laughs> grateful that they changed it to Southey. Mother Southey. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing <laughs> you can do with that. You should be Jason Heron. Heron. <laughs> little roll of the eye. <laughs> so Andy, just for the listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family setup and all of that. Yeah. So I am married to a wonderful lady called Ruth and have a little one, Willow, who is 15 months. It's hard with the months because they keep changing like really <laughs> quick. That happens. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Every 30 days or so. I feel like if we do years, can we kick into that? When can we do that? Is that like... I think it's appropriate after one, is it? Second child, I was one. What? Well, yeah. I'm going with it. She's one, and um, <laughs> and will be for a little longer. Um, yeah, I work for a church in Nottingham called Heart Church. Love my job. I do kind of all things creative. Uh, that comes under me. So absolutely loving it there, and just balancing the whole work, baby, life situations. Trying to figure it out. It's 18 months. I I generally can't remember what. What's an 18 months? An 18 month baby does. Me neither. <laughs> Willow's 15 months. Oh, the cl- oh yeah, 15 months. <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> You'll have to look- round it up there. <laughs> I was thinking. He definitely didn't say 18, but I couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> so a, 15, a 15 month old baby, what, what, what's, describe, what's the common like challenges? I actually genuinely can't remember. So she's kind of at a point where she's just starting to walk. So she's oh, okay. trying to figure that out. So we've yeah. just been away um, on holiday. We got back. We're unpacking the cases. It's just carnage. And you're trying to stop her from picking things up, eating them, throwing them, all of that. Yeah. And she just gets up in the living room, stands up, and just walks to the kitchen. And I'm tired. So there's a little <laughs> bit of me which is going, did that happen? Did it not? But my wife's there like, oh, my goodness, what on earth just happened? And she, yeah, she just suddenly thought, I'm off. But then she's just trying to figure it out. Because yeah. she's had a few kind of falls. She's not convinced. She's not convinced. No. And people say like the whole like babies bounce thing. <laughs> None of those people have got hardwood floors. <laughs> That's all. Because <laughs> my experience of this girl is she ain't bouncing. And I think that some of the falls she's have been... stuck in it. <laughs> she's stuck. So, and when you hear the slap, when you... <laughs> At that point, you ask yourself the question, do babies bounce? And they don't. They don't. She ain't bouncing. But um, she's so she's having a few shocks. She's having a few little panic moments, uh, but she's figuring it out. She's also figuring out how to use the word no. Oh, classic! Oh. 
Yeah. Okay. I was good, doing all right real, until real good then. at that one. I get real good at that oh, one. Oh, quick. And it's strong. And it's got a bit of sass to it. Very, very quick. And uh, it's no to everything. Yeah. The things that she even wants is still no. And then she'll just go and get it in a few seconds I later. Don't, I don't know if that changes. Just in life. Ever? Yeah. <laughs> Are you still having that issue yourself? <laughs> issue. My daughter, my wife, I'm confused a lot of the no. time. <laughs> no. No, um. <laughs> No, yeah. we've we've just hit tantrums. Oh. Are you in? Are you in yeah. Well, no. <laughs> with our second, oh. with our first, we're very well versed. I <laughs> oh, will get this, and we're out the other side. But um, our daughter's just started tantruming, and we were in Sports Direct the other day buying my son his first pair of football boots. Oh. Really proud dad moment. Lovely. She wanted some on, so we said, "Let's put some on her," and it's time to take them off. She goes, "Give that back, me." <laughs> And then she just starts throwing the boxes, the shoes. And then she gets to a point where she's run out of boxes and shoes to throw. And she's just looking. She's just looking around for something to throw. And I'm like, this is, this is where we are now, like for the next year or so. This is us. And it's not encouraged just to give us something else, just to throw. No. Let us see this out. Let her just get out a of the system. Ball or something. Yeah, just a dart. Like, so, <laughs> Let's make this productive at least. Yeah. It's 140. <laughs> So yeah, that's no, yeah. it's no fun, is it, when they start? No, but it's it's balanced with the like the the other day she like she did this little help please dada situation, which oh in that moment it's like I'll do anything. I've gone yeah. from like come on now, come on, and it's just like help please dada. I was like right, I'm there. I yeah. don't even care. I'll do whatever you need. And yeah. then it's no, <laughs> no, but you literally just asked me oh, for yeah. help. <laughs> How have we moved from like a moment of cuteness to a uh, just a yeah. rudeness, but it's also mama at the moment. Mama this, uh, mama yeah. that. Which you know what? I did tell her earlier, I was like, listen, you can go to mama if you come to dada. Go and have a much better time. <laughs> <laughs> she literally looked at me and went, mama. <laughs> Watch the floor on your way out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Andy, how did you find like the balance of work? You've just said you love your job, which yeah. is obviously really positive. I'm assuming you love your daughter as well. How did you find that yep. kind of new balance of, of everything? Was it like duck to water situation or was, no, it, was it tricky? Absolutely not. I think for me, when we were even talking about having a child, it was like, I know that I'm going to want a child, the version further down the road, but I know that the versions that you get early on, I'm not quite signing up for that, but I'll be willing to go through that <laughs> in order to get one of those ones. Do you know like the older ones that make you a cup of tea? Like that version. <laughs> like 20-something. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> You're playing the long game. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. So, um, no, I think that's kind of where I was at the start. So I knew it was like, oh, I'm going to have to go through a little bit. Mm. And those early days were just like, just brutal. Like, and then for us, they're not actually that long ago. We're talking a yeah. year ago. Mm. We kind of came out of this moment of being like, what on earth was that? And everyone's warned you, but I was literally going around everyone like, you did not tell me <laughs> that I was going to go through that. Um, and also, I thought I'd come out of it once. I thought I was doing a bit better. And then like two or three months later, I had another one of those moments where I was like, no, 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 you were nowhere near out the other side. <laughs> of that sleep-deprived state that you were stuck yeah, in for tough. so long. So tough. But honestly, for, for me, it was like three, four months, brutal. And then it was like, okay, we're finding our feet a little bit here. But I can't take a lot of credit for that. Ruth's one of these like super organized people who just has a plan for everything. 
And so my, the best thing I can do is just keep out of the way. So if we're going somewhere, like there's a, there's a checklist for a bag, like it's already there, it's already in place. And occasionally we'll be out and I'll be like, oh, I'll just pick something from a bag to sound like I'm a little bit a part of it and be like, oh, did you get the bib? And I'll just get this look like, you have no idea what goes into planning this bag. You literally have no idea. But she's the one who's making this smooth sailing. I have no idea what's in that bag. Sometimes she's like, oh, can I, can I get this out of the bag? And I'm like, I don't know. Is it in the bag? Do, you, do we carry these around with us? Yes, we do. They're nappies. We need them all the time. Uh, but no, so f- for me now, I'm like, we're starting to find a little bit more of a healthy rhythm, mm. trying to balance it with training and things like that as well. Exercise, you start adding a bit all the other bits and it's like, where does that go? Mm. But we're, no, we're getting there, we're getting there. So Andy, you mentioned that you are head of creative. So I'm assuming you're a creative person. I found when I had my son and I became a dad for the first time, I was shattered and my creativity took a bit of a hit because I was shattered. But also, on the flip side, it was a bit paradoxical. I had this, like, unlocked this realm of myself that I'd never known before, before having children. And I found that I had all these ideas. It just <laughs> turned out I couldn't do anything with them. <laughs> How are you finding, like, creativity and your kind of your process through the sleep depravity and everything that you've kind of mentioned? Yeah, I, I think there's some things where before I would have relied on time a lot more in terms mm. of preparation and uh, opportunity to explore many different ideas before choosing to go for one. Whereas a little bit more now, I'm like, I'm just going to have to go with what comes yeah. uh, a little bit. But I think in this season, I've reflected more that there's um, when you're creating and, and there's nothing new. Like it's all been done out of there a lot of the time. And when you think about creation and you look, you look at this world, I'm like, there's ideas everywhere. Mm. And so for me, I've probably been drawing more on my day-to-day life a little bit more. I've been more like that, that news article that I see, that Instagram post I see from Adidas, that, 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 that Instagram post. And you're looking at it and, you, and you're walking around and you're taking in the everyday life. For me, that's now where I'm drawing a lot more creativity. Yeah, so just um, theft? Plagiarism. Just <laughs> plagiarism. <laughs> And theft. It's an important part of the creative process. It absolutely is. But I think not searching for that new idea, that thing, and realizing that there's a lot of ideas you can work with, you can rework, looking at what we've done before, what can can we do better, um, but also leaning on people around me a lot more. Whereas before, I think I would have gone, uh, I'm expecting something to come from me. Whereas now I'm probably sat in a room of creatives and I'm going, I'm actually looking to somebody else. Help. Um, yeah, help. But sometimes it's just a good question. I find you're in that creative environment and you try and draw out of somebody else. And the person who's been quiet for a little while and you're like, hey, what's going on through your head at the moment? What are you mm. thinking? Often that person, there's a little bit of gold in. All Unless the- they're all like new parents and then there's, there's not a lot going through. And then they've not heads. been listening for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and they go for the, uh, can you just update me on what we're talking about? <laughs> it's, a re- it's a really good question because like, Creativity, like, I can't remember, it's from a study, but like creative, the best creative thoughts come out of like boredom and like space. Mm. As a parent, you don't have Mm. a lot of space. Mm. True. Mental space. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Like a lot of it is you are just packed in. Mm-hmm. I think you described it really well when you were saying, like, you want the, the outcome of an older child and you're just going to have to bear through the years of like the potato baby and. <laughs> the ultimate reliance yeah um like that's where we are like we're thinking about a second like i don't want a second child caveat i do but i don't <laughs> want the responsibility of two children under the age of five. Oh. this is what people say isn't it like when you say oh i just want some child free time or a child free night it's not that i don't want my children or when people say that it's not that they don't want their children it's that they want a responsibility free mm night or just a responsibility free time where you can just forget and just be you for a little bit and not worry about packing the bag yeah <laughs> well, I, I don't don't worry about that mate <laughs> the admin is covered the admin, admin is covered i'm there to be creative <laughs> to think outside the box i know my strengths i know my weaknesses <laughs> stick to it what stick is um it. what has been one of your like highlights of like witnessing what your daughter's like development like what what are some of the things that you look back and actually that's I'm really fond of, that will stick with me for a long time. I think it's there's probably a few moments. I think it's it's a little bit classic, but I remember that moment when we put her in that car seat. I mean Willow was six pounds. Oh. And she, you put her in the seat and it was like this we need a smaller seat. Do they go smaller <laughs> than this? And they don't. But I, I remember just looking in that mirror and just being like, oh, my goodness. Mm. Now, there was a severe tiredness and adrenaline situation going on, which probably <laughs> does tint things yeah. a little bit in my head. But no, that, I think that was a moment where I was just like, oh, wow. But I, I think another one would probably be that w- when I started to realise that she'd got a sense of humour. When she'd just do, yeah. she'd do something and it would be stupid, but then she'd laugh at it. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, and then she's looking at you like, will you laugh? And I'm like, 100%, <laughs> like, I will laugh at that. But I think realising that, for me, humour is such a big thing in my yeah. life. So like, those moments when I'm like, I can share humour with you. We can laugh together at stupid things that Ruth's mm. literally looking at me like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, I don't care. She's laughing. This chicken dance got that laugh <laughs> and you'll be grateful for it. <laughs> I don't know about you, but like, it's it's always like a weird shock of like oh this is an actual human being it's not right. just like yes. a, a thing like it's because, an actual human loads of emotions for a while <laughs> for a while I was asking the question what do they do she moves like what what tricks does she know <laughs> did you do the thing like on the first or second night where you check she's breathing one hundred percent and then she started making all these weird noises and I was like okay no she's fine don't worry about that. I remember some of the noises she made. I saw it as like a barn animal situation <laughs> where first you get the door open and you get it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, there's the door. And then slowly you're introduced to the different animals. It was like, 
It's like, okay, how am I meant to sleep while someone over here is uh, taking the mic? And uh, I still think Ruth was doing some of them. I think Ruth was behind some of those sounds. Just having a bit of a laugh. I'll give him the barn door again. The barn door. <laughs> what's, uh, what's something that's like surprised you or took you back? Yeah, I think if, if I'm really real, I think people talk about the moment you meet your child. And some people will talk about this love that they felt for them straight away. Mm. And I remember having this panic where I was like, oh my goodness, all I feel is tiredness. <laughs> like I just feel exhausted and I'm just trying to deal with the amount of adrenaline that's just gone through my body. And I remember just thinking like, oh, people describe this incredible love for their child. And I was like, for me, it was a bit of a journey. Mm. And I just didn't really see that coming. I was waiting for this instant thing. I just didn't realize that it was going to take time. And for me, it's been like a growing sense of love as the journey's gone on. And just moments of just like pure joy. Seeing her on holiday, just sat there in the sea, getting hit by a wave, <laughs> laughing her head off. And just this incredible feeling of love towards this human being where I'm like, oh my goodness, She's like, that's my girl. That mm, is yeah. my girl. But I think that panic moment where it's like other people are like, oh yeah, love them straight away. There was this instant thing. I was like, I'm broken. <laughs> <laughs> There's something wrong with me. What There's do something I do? wrong with her. And yeah, what do I do? How do I get that? <laughs> Can I buy it? <laughs> we, we hear that quite a lot, actually. Um, well, I do hear that quite a lot. I think, Jordan, you instant fall in love every child you've ever had. There's two of them. Every. <laughs> yeah, every both. Um, yeah, f- first one very much was just like that unbelievable love. And then the second one I said before, she was uh, she was born and the, the cord was around her neck and she wasn't breathing. So it's a very different circumstance mm. from kind of baby coming out the first time crying, you hold them, mm. to like second time doctors running in mm. and they're just being panic. So the the love was was there, but the circumstances were very different. So first thing I felt wasn't love; it was just sheer panic. Like, is she gonna survive? And then you hear the cry, and you're like, "Dear me, that's like, that's intense." Then it hits you. Yeah. Then it hits you. Then you go home, and then you've got, you know, two, two of them running around, and it's very different. My expectations was like, because my point of reference was my first child, mm. so I'm thinking that's all gonna happen again. And then you've got two and it's very different. And I was talking to someone recently um, who's got two and she said, I didn't expect it to be so physical. Like you're holding a baby and you've got right. a toddler running into you or jumping <laughs> on you or jumping on them. Whereas like the first time around, you know, if you're feeling tired, you just put your baby down, have a little rest when they nap and all that kind of stuff. Do what you need to do. Second time, you're just getting pummeled. <laughs> by these, a are re- these are really good arguments for staying at one. I'm hearing it. <laughs> I'm hearing it and I'm banking it. And I'm going, you know what? I don't want to get pummeled whilst I carry a small <laughs> human. <laughs> That's one of the things I'm looking to avoid. Uh, the, the pummeling lasts. It lasts. It goes yeah. on for a while. Yeah, well, yeah still happens. <laughs> Especially if you've got a child who's obsessed with dinosaurs and shouts triceratops head <laughs> and runs into your midriff. Wow. Head first. You know about it. You know about it. And you don't expect it until you hear triceratops head <laughs> and then bang, you get that ache in the stomach you can't fault him that's i mean it's good he knows his dinosaurs (laughs) at least it's all educational he's just learning so and you mentioned like introducing training and so you're running and all that before we get to that give us a little bit of background information so you're running a marathon so half marathon half marathon 
Honestly, I couldn't say how far half marathon or quarter marathon is. Do, do we know? I, I have a guess. It's fifty percent of a full one. That's a good answer. He's very good. Fifteen miles? I don't know. Slightly less. Fourteen. So God, this is your final guess. You're getting it on this 12. one. Twelve. You know. Oh my word! <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, it was thirteen point one. It was there. Thirteen point one miles. That's quite far to run. Yeah. That's too far to run. <laughs> it is. It's too far for me. Um, can give us all the whole background information of why you're deciding to do this to yourself. Yeah. So um, in 2019, September 2019, I had been training for the Robin Hood Half Marathon, was as fit as I've ever been. And training had gone really well. Everything had gone to plan. Uh, turned up at race day, uh, found my pacer, started this race and was just feeling good. Was just feeling really, really good. Um, hit around about the 10 mile mark. So that's the that's the home straight then. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is it. Like I've I've done it. This is really, really calm. And I remember looking down at my watch and that was the last thing where I checked the distance that I had to do. And then the next thing I remember, I wake up and I'm lying there in the back of an ambulance. Mm -hmm. And it's a really strange thing because for me, race day was like, you're around all these people and there's such a buzz. And then I was just pulled out of that environment into this isolated moment where I'm just lying there on my back thinking, what on earth has happened to me? And at that point, I'm in and out of conscious and I was trying to figure out what's going on. And it was it was a really traumatizing moment. It was the darkest moment of my life where I'm trying to figure out, like, is this it? Like, and how do I communicate with my wife? How do I tell her I'm here in this situation? She's expecting me just to appear at that finish line. She stood there waiting. And here I am lying in the back of this ambulance. And what happened in the in the weeks to come was we would realize that I'd I'd had a concussion. I had a blackout and I'd gone ragdoll and I'd had a whiplash concussion. But unfortunately, it wasn't diagnosed. So that meant that I carried on, which is the worst thing you can do if you've had a concussion and found myself suffering with something called post-concussion syndrome. Um, which the symptoms for people can look very, very different. For me, I was I was in a place where I was struggling to walk. I was struggling to form proper sentences. Um, if you'd asked me how old I was, I'd have struggled with that kind of question. I was really, really in a dark place. I couldn't wow. wash myself. I couldn't dress myself. And uh, I was physically very, very ill. And and this would go on for kind of three, uh, three months, the physical side at its worst. And then I just slowly built back my strength. But it was 2020, really, in the lockdown where that gave me the opportunity to really have an extended amount of time away from the busyness of life mm. and to strip things back and find a place where I could actually recover and get back to full health. Um, but that's full physical health. The mental side of it was a much and continues to be like we're coming up to four years now, a much longer journey for me where I'm trying to navigate. It, early days, I was trying to even navigate looking at a runner. So if a runner went past me, I couldn't look at them, too much of a trigger. Then it was like, what would it look like for me to get back to actually running? Can I ever, and I thought I'd never run again. And so it's just been a slow journey of trying to figure out how do I navigate this trauma in my life? And how do I get to a place where it doesn't hold me back? So was it a case that you fell and hit your head? So it was a whiplash. Uh, they think it was a whiplash head injury. So um, who knows what I... I don't know what happened, mm. um, whether I hit into someone, I don't know, um, wh wh whether I hit into my, like, landed on my arm. I, I don't know Just what don't the know. fall looked like. So many people around, there's a good chance that I hit into somebody, but I, I just don't know what that 
Um, that's where my blackout is, and I'm like, there's a gap then of how do I end up in the back of an ambulance? Again, this is a really good point, just to avoid running for me. That's, the... <laughs> that's your takeaway. I'm, not, I mean, a good, I'm you, not a good advert. You for said it. one thing that, like, at the ten mile mark, and you felt good. Like, I cannot imagine running and thinking this feels good. No, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> it's a take. It takes a lot. I'm kind of getting back to that place now in my training where I'm hitting that point where I'm like. Oh, I can run longer distance and I'm like, no, I feel fine. But you have to go through so many push through moments along that journey together. So why are you doing it again? So I think I, I was always going to need a really strong motivation. I was always going to need something more than, oh, face your fears. Uh, I think part of it is that, that I'm like, I don't want to live my life fearful of something. And as I looked back at what had happened my thoughts not even that long ago were like I want to I want to change that story I want that story to look different and through a couple of honest conversations with some friends I had to come to a place where it's like no you're never going back you can't go back you can't change what happened but what would it look like maybe to write a new chapter to this story because mm. at the moment this traumatic experience ends with a full stop after a very very painful time in my life. So what does it look like to write another chapter? What would it look like for some good to come out of this situation that when I look back on it, there are some positive elements that I can look at and think, hey, look what's happened. But for me, me rerunning it, me finishing that race wasn't going to be a strong enough thing. I remember doing my first training run and literally just getting to the end of it, only a couple of miles and thinking, ah, I'm sacking this off. I'm, I'm quitting. Run one. I'm done. I can't, I can't deal with the mental challenges of this. Um, but the things that kept me going are uh, I'm, I'm running to raise awareness around concussions, partly mm -hmm. that people understand the significance and um, potential damage you can do in a situation with a head injury and how you have to take it seriously. But also to raise money for Headway, who are an amazing charity doing a phenomenal work. And really largely, they're, they're helping people like me. Mm. They're helping people who are in my position. So suddenly the narrative became, if I can do this, if I can do this run, I can raise money and enable other people's story to be different. So suddenly it was like, I, by me doing this, someone's life, someone's experience during a head injury could be completely different. Hmm. And that became a really, really strong motivation for me of going, no, I can do this if it's going to help somebody else. I can do this if it's going to mean someone else's story is going to be better. Well, I mean, fair play. I mean... Genuinely, the challenge of running half a marathon is too much for me to even ponder. Um, what is, has any of the trauma like affected you like as a parent? Like has that, has there been any crossover where that's actually like, yeah, that that's challenging in itself? I think one of the biggest things that I reflect on when it comes to being a parent is I really want Willow to grow up in a world where if you hit a situation and something bad happens, and you have a setback that you don't give up. And um, this is probably when I talk about this run, it's the most emotional element for me um, because I really want, when she's older and I tell her the story of the accident, I really want to tell her that it didn't end there though. Yeah. That there was actually a better story and something else happened. Mm. And look what happens when you can get back up quite literally and go again. Um, but the thought of telling her that story and the emotion that's wrapped up in that for me is something that I can't think about too often. Mm -hmm. Certainly not while I'm running because the emotion's so strong for me around that. But I think when I'm thinking about it, I wanted to grow up in a world where 
yeah, you can mm. you can get up and you can go again, no matter no matter the setback, no matter the challenge that you've had. Um, don't give up and uh, yeah, fight on. It's just it's fascinating to me because I think like reflected on my own past and other people's stories, like trauma is often it's really negative. Trauma sucks, but so many of our vital decisions are made because of those sorts of things. Mm. And like, especially as a parent, like I reflect on some of the big decisions we've made because of like traumatic experiences. Mm. Like I don't want them to go through that or Mm. not to be in that state again. And so it's like, it's just just a really fascinating thing of, especially like whilst now today, like we're becoming so much more aware about talking about mental health and all those sorts of things. And yes, there is the side which really sucks, but then there's the also the necessary decision-making side where we're learning a lot from if we acknowledge it more we might be able to have kids that have to suffer as much rubbish that we do yeah but yeah it just fascinates me and you want to be real it's oh yeah it's some of this for me is i'm bringing people into a kind of mid journey because i don't know how this ends i don't know what happens with this run i didn't even know if i'd get this far in the training and so for me, there was this thing of like, oh, I'll talk about it afterwards. Mm. When we've got through it and everything's good and, and we're all fine on the other side, then I'll talk about it. But I thought, oh, ha- that's just so life, isn't it? We want to bring people into the, the tidy parts of our lives. Mm. I just felt challenged. What could it look like to share whilst I'm on the journey, having no clue how this thing ends? Um, just that realness. Like, as you say, I, I want... I want Willow to grow up in a world where she can talk and we can be open about how we feel about things. But I think there's also this particular thing where there's this temptation of like, oh, if I can just wrap this up and it's nice and tidy and then I'll communicate it, Mm -hmm. that will be amazing. But trying to delve into those raw emotions and be like, I'm going to be real with you on the journey, on the route, no idea what's going to happen. That's kind of a little bit of what I'm trying to model to her. even at the young age that she is, that one day I'll be able to tell her this story and be like, this is how it, this is how it played out. Cool. And again, it's paradoxical, isn't it? With like parenting on one hand, and it goes like back to the whole work thing. Like when we talked about this quite a lot, when you have kids, you want to provide as much as you can for your children. So you, you want to work hard. You want to provide as much as you can to give them the best chance possible, the best life possible. But on the other hand, you want to be there. Mm. Have you had any sort of thoughts like that where it's like, yeah, I want to show her, overcome your fears, but also kind of want to wrap myself up in cotton wool so nothing bad happens to me so I can be there for her? I think so. I think the the accident really got me to to a place where I doubted my body. I don't trust it. I, don't, I can't tell what it's going to do or when it's going to do it. Um, following that um, blackout, I've had multiple other blackouts afterwards. So I find myself in this place of going, I don't know what my triggers are. There's investigations going on, trying to figure out what is it that's causing me to have these blackouts. And we just we just don't know. And so, yeah, I think there is this, this side of me where I'm like, I want to protect myself. Mm. And when I get, when I feel myself getting ill, we've just dealt, dealt with a pandemic, all these things become triggers of going, oh my goodness, like I need to just protect myself because I can't, I can't trust my own body. But at the same time, I think that can force you to go the other way um, when I when it comes to dealing with Willow. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, for her, I don't want her to grow up like me right now, sometimes fearful of my own health. I don't want her to grow up like that. So there is a little bit of me, even on simple things, when she is falling over and I'm like, oh, no, no like, you're fine, get up, carry on. Because I don't want to project any any of that. But I realise that... <laughs> when she doesn't bounce off the floor. <laughs> 
and she doesn't bounce back up. It's like, hey, get up, it's fine. Other babies bounce, but you don't. Um, but no, I think it's this 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 thought that uh, for her, I don't want her to to be fearing those things. But I'm also very aware that I've got to deal with that inside of me. If I don't actually go into some of those dark places from that accident, then that's going to live with me and it's going to seep out of me whether I like it or not over time. Mm. So part of doing it again is just getting myself into a place where I'm like, you can't carry this for the rest of your life. You have to go and deal with this stuff. Some of it for me is running the race, um, but also I'm about to get therapy as well and talk through some of this stuff as well um, with, a, with a professional and get some help. So there's a, there's, it's not, for me, it's not just about running the race. I think that's going to bring a level of healing. But then there's some stuff where I'm like, I do need to go and talk through some of this experience. But mm. I'm believing for the whole thing. For the whole year for me, I have one word. It's healing. I'm like, mm. I want this year to be a year of healing. And <laughs> I thought that sounded great in January. Like, <laughs> happy new year, a year of healing. Sounds amazing. Little did I realize that it was going to feel like more like open heart surgery half of the time. But um, no, it's, it's all good. It's oh, all good. amazing. Well, pro- I, I don't think I could do it physically but also just the, it's a massive challenge when when are you running so i'm running on the 24th of september mm. so it is coming really that soon is, that's not that far away <laughs> right now we're on to the final runs of preparation yeah i was just about to ask how's the prep and how's the training where are you up to prep's largely good um when you hit in the intensity of this part of the training, you are kind of picking up little injuries and you're trying to navigate that a, a little bit more than you'd like to be. So mm. you're just doing a little bit of a, how can I keep pushing my body to keep developing, keep growing, ready for the race? We also trying to protect yourself because if you pick up something now, the time for the recovery is not particularly great. Yeah. So it's a little bit stress. I had a few issues recently with my shins, um, but I've been icing like three to four times a day, which is just awful but um, that's helping them. So I'm just doing a little bit of a dance at the moment of trying to keep up the miles, but also trying to keep myself so I get to that day and I actually am mm. not running with a Zimmer frame. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And if people want to support that, how? what's the best way to find out? Yeah, I think if you go to Google and you type in <laughs> Andy Headway Half, I think yeah. you, the best way to find it is probably that way. Google Andy Headway Half. The and Andy will... the media tour. Been doing the rounds. <laughs> You'll find it. Amazing. You'll find it there. <laughs> Amazing. So Andy, we always ask our guests for one nugget of parental wisdom. Have you got one? I definitely have one. I don't think I could give you two, but um, I think don't drink the bath water oh my that goodness. your child has you know, <laughs> I mean you could have just stopped at don't drink bath water don't drink just in general parent or not bath water as thirsty as you are do not drink <laughs> the bath water no I think if I was uh, to say one thing I think for me um, I'm realising that I actually need other people um, in, in this effort to help bring willow up I'm like I need to be able to rely on other people I think sometimes I can feel like I want to do it all myself Mm. but um friends people offering help sometimes i'm like oh that's really kind but we're good oh it's really kind but we're good i think i'm starting to realize that no it's okay to say yes to people who are trying to help you uh so i think yeah my reflection is um my, my pearl of wisdom is to to humble yourself and take on help when people are people are offering it but more importantly don't drink the bath don't water. drink the bath water <laughs> that takes on a whole different nature so thank you so much to Andy for joining us. And if you do want to go sponsor Andy, like you said, Google 
Andy, Marathon, Southie, Headway. And I genuinely like, I know I said it, but I genuinely don't think I could do that. No, I couldn't. Not just like the marathon, the whole thing around it, like I, like props to him, because I, I genuinely don't think I could do that. No, nor me. I couldn't do it without the... No, without the trauma. The head injury. <laughs> yeah, forget about that, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, good on him. And all the best, Andy. Oh yeah, all we, the best. We do wish you all the best. For some reason, I thought you were going to go into, we do wish you a Merry Christmas. But well, that's wildly out of season and context and time. We always wish people a Merry Christmas. Always. It's always Christmas somewhere. That, it's I, not. Was, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I thought, no, it's not. <laughs> so Christmas isn't happening yet, but I tell you what is happening. Oh, well, that's a good transition. We are segueing today. You may have heard already that a particular place of Swedish importance. I want a Sweden shirt. I was trying to figure out my way into actually figure out what I was trying I'd to say. say there. I'd say IKEA's world importance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, Swedish origin, world importance. Because I'm sure you've thought what we've all thought whilst walking around IKEA. Someone needs to do a live podcast here. I, yep, I've thought that lots. And uh, that is exactly what's happening on the 10th of November. Yeah. So if you want to come along to IKEA Parents and Tools live at IKEA, and it's free. It's free, man. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> my word <laughs> it's free so if you want to pre-register for tickets it's parentingtoolspod.co.uk forward slash Ikea Ikea I'm actually really excited me too and really nervous we say this every week but it's going to be cool just come hang out Ikea there's meatballs there's meatballs what's your like Ikea order do you get, do you get the little jelly do you, know ling- what? The like, do you know what I've been doing like the last few times getting the salmon oh, behave yourself oh yeah you're wrong. Here's a random thing for anyone moving house. IKEA sell moving boxes. Of course they do. Yep. What they don't sell, but that is available. I'm not sure if you're supposed to take what, them. You're stealing it, was No, but they're there. Lots of tiny pencils. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that. Um, the drinks holders. The cardboard drinks holders. Designed if you're buying multiple glasses. There's a whole pile of them. And I just went to one of the guys. I was like, can I just take some of these? Oh, so you did ask? Yeah. Oh, good. Well, that's not theft. What, had them in the trolley? Free. What are the motivations? That is a top tool. <laughs> top tool. <laughs> <laughs> what other motivations do you need to come to Ikea other than get some drinks carriers? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And uh, new episode every Friday. Every Friday. Except when there isn't. <laughs> Except if you move house again. Yeah. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.